0: welcome back to do we like movies i'm your host angel oh hi angel (laughs) i'm your other host Javier (laughs) I think that's my Tommy Wiseau Yeah Tommy Wiseau voice Uh, I was kind of hoping we weren't going to start With the Tommy Wiseau impression No fuck off we're hacks We're not fucking comedians We're not good comedians uh, This is a pretty interesting episode that we're arriving at now. This is actually the first episode in our series. Yeah, you wanted it, you shits. You fucking get it. You're, you guys were like, oh, all Javi and Angel do is like movies. Well, fuck you. We finally found a movie we don't like. So, there it is. Well, uh, besides that, I think this we're finally reviewing a movie that we've never seen before. Also true. Well, um, I've never seen it, well, sober. <laughs> I've seen of it, and I've heard of it, but I can't say that I had ever seen The Broom from start to finish before. No, me neither. Um, This movie is infamous. Uh, Like, I thought it was funny that, you know, one of our listeners commented on how we've only picked movies that we do like so far, uh, and that we should pick a movie we don't like, and then Javi came up with this, uh, well, one of our listeners and Javi came up with this as an idea and I told Javi it would be us like to decide to do the fucking godfather of terrible movies with yep. the, our first you know, movie that isn't considered great. But go big or go home, baby. <laughs> uh this movie is from two thousand and three, uh directed by Tommy Wiseau. Uh starts Tommy Wiseau and uh Greg Sestero, uh who Have they ever done anything else? I know Greg Sestero was in one of the Puppet Master sequels. Yeah, and I think that's why this movie even became a thing, was because Greg Sestero was the star of a movie, (laughs) quote-unquote, and then Tommy Wiseau wanted to be the star of a movie. Like, it's hard to find a movie that they were in before this or after... Like, they've done movies that, now that they're famous from how bad this movie was, they've done movies because of that. Like, they have a movie on Amazon called, like, Best Friends or something like that. (laughs) And then there's, like, a movie about a talking shark or something like that. Like, I don't know if they are known to make good movies. Tommy Wiseau, like, again, has never been in anything before this. Uh, he was a bit of an enigma, and I think the story of behind the scenes of this movie is probably as interesting and fascinating as the actual terrible movie that we have. Oh yeah, a lot of people told us that you we had to pair The Room with uh, the disaster artist. Because, like you were saying, the movie of this movie being made is just as crazy as the movie itself, as The Room. Did you watch a disaster artist? No, I haven't yet. Right. Anyway, I Didn't saw it. To. I saw uh, it. I saw it over the weekend. Uh, I saw it after we watched the room. Thankfully, um, and I'll have to say that it's pretty good. Uh, I like it. It's just uh, it comes off as like a you know a, a comedy fictionalized version of what the events of making this movie are, well, I mean, which is fine, right? Like I mean, like I like movies that are about movies being made. Uh, I think another example of one that's probably slightly better for me that Tropic because Thunder. of the movie. Well, it's, Tropic oh. Thunder is really great, <laughs> um, but actually, one that I thought was decent was I think from 2012. Uh, Anthony Hopkins was in the movie Hitchcock, which was oh, all about yeah. the uh, making of Psycho. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought that was pretty great as well. Um, I mean, it helps. It was the Franco and Friends group, like the Franco brothers and all of their weird hipster actor friends that was like... Who else is in it? It's like Seth Rogen's in it. Yeah. Like, pretty much Alison like... Sam Breeze in it. Yeah, like all the hosts of How Did This Get Made are in it and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... it's, it's uh, Hannibal Burris is in it as well. I love me. But Hannibal what I did Burris. like about the fact that I did watch that movie is, um, you know, uh, it totally breaks down that Tommy so is kind of this guy that comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he... I guess meets Greg Sestero in an acting class or, or of some sort and he wanted to make a movie and he wanted to be in the movie business um it's a mystery where he gets all his money from and where the budget from this movie uh, comes from in some ways it depends who you talk to cause Tommy Wiseau said that he made his money from selling Korean leather jackets but then, <laughs> you're looking at me. You're giving me this weird-ass look. I'm just telling you what I read, dog. Yeah, no. It's... And then Greg Sestero said that he's he actually made his money doing uh, real estate. Like, he was a real estate agent or real estate broker out in San Francisco and in the L.A. area in the early 2000s. And that's how he made his money. Again, I don't know. I don't know who to believe. And I don't know what's true that... That just adds to the whole fucking fever dream that is the room. Yeah, I mean the, these guys are the ultimate Hollywood outsiders, right? Yeah. Um, it would be not exactly the same, but imagine you and I like decided one day that we wanted to make a movie. We had never been in the business before. Uh, we were gonna do our first thing. This movie is <laughs> like what is like the script and the movie that everyone would have made at 12 years old before you would have like actually known what movies are come from <laughs> or like how they're made like th- there are there is quality control that goes into ho- in hollywood movies and indie movies like yeah. I, you know we i've seen tons of indie movies i've seen paranormal activity which is like barely a movie right like mm-hmm. especially the original one it's like nothing but bullet points of a story and all of it was ad-libbed And, you know, even those things have a certain amount of quality that is impossible to find here. Um, and this movie (laughs) had a budget of, like, several million dollars, right? Like, it's incredible when you consider the fact that our first episode was on John Carpenter's Halloween. And when you get a director that understands what he's doing. You know, John Carpenter was a UCLA film student. He, uh appreciated the works of Howard Hawks. He loved old film and he understood the language of film, right? So mm-hmm. even on a short budget, he understood the you know, making a simplistic story, making sure you can film something in a day, you know, put enough into it where people don't ask questions. In this movie, I find myself constantly asking questions. (laughs) This movie's like 90% questions and 0% (laughs) answers and 10% what? (laughs) Yeah. No, and like Disaster Artist, um, you know, Tommy Wiseau brings in someone who is kind of a a director, right? Like who, uh, who has directed the movie. And in recent years... The director has wanted credit for the work that he's done on The Room, despite uh-huh. the fact of disowning it at the time. Yeah, he was like, he didn't want anything to do with this movie. Tommy, won't. And Tom, I think Tommy even admitted that he gave up a lot of his responsibilities at, as a director because he wanted to focus on his starring role. And so it's funny that this guy, now that it's like so bad, it's good. And now that it has a fucking like award nominated like, movie about this movie, this guy wants... To, I forgot what his name is, but he wants to come back and get the credit that he so rightfully deserves. Which, yes, he does deserve if he wants to put his fingerprints on this train wreck. That's all him. Yeah, so, uh... Do you want to give us the basic plot of this movie before we get into it? Uh... And keep in mind, this movie is a skeleton of a plot. And and before we really get into the synopsis of it, I I have to say... That it wasn't until recent years that I discovered that there's such a cult following for this, to the point that people sell out midnight screenings for it. It's a Rocky Horror Picture Show experience to go watch the room now. And I've never seen Rocky Horror Picture Show in really either. Like I would lo- like that is one of those things I'd love to see. And after ha- seeing this movie, unless I go see it at a midnight screening in a theater in some sort of fun experience, I don't ever want to watch this. <laughs> Or who knows? Maybe I will, maybe it will, I will stumble upon it, but it's just, God, it was so terrible. Like, I, yes, people talk about how bad it is, but it's like, until you really see it, mm-hmm. it is like, what in the fuck am I watching? Like, subjectively, this is a bad movie, and objectively, I think it's an amazing movie <laughs> because of how bad it is. Um, but the general plot is that uh, Tommy Wiseau plays a successful banker who does a lot of business by the name of Johnny. And how long did it take for us to 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 figure out that he was a fucking banker? It's like, like it was like 20 minutes! We watched the movie for 20 minutes, in which 10 of those is a gratuitous sex scene! Like, I did not understand anything. Like, how the fuck does this guy afford a home... Well, maybe because I'm watching it with the eyes of someone in 2019. Mm -hmm. How the fuck does this guy afford a house in San Francisco? Dude, he's a successful banker. Shut up. He looks like a vampire! (laughs) (laughs) So, Johnny is a successful banker in San Francisco, and he is engaged to this woman named Lisa who lives with him. And... It's a, it's a, the story is a weird love triangle between Johnny, Lisa, and Johnny's best friend. Uh, what's his name? I forget his name. What could it possibly be? Johnny's best friend? I'm just fucking with Uh, you. I was gonna say Mark. Like, (laughs) I was just waiting for you to be like, oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) No, I am not doing a, (laughs) oh, yeah, you're not a hack. That's why (laughs) you're not me. (laughs) I gobble up all that terrible fucking cheap humor. (laughs) You know the that guy that quotes movies to make people think he's funny? That's me, right? <laughs> but yeah, so in essence the bare bone like this this is a very simple plot, like Angel said. It's literally Mark has a, a relationship with Lisa which they're trying to keep on the low from Johnny. And they somehow extend this plot out to like ninety minutes. <laughs> somehow. somehow. It's it's in and keep in mind that it's like i don't understand what the characters are in this movie like i their intentions are so vague to me because it's just like there's no like i it, it wasn't until i saw this that i discovered just how much for granted we take when we watch a movie like just the overall language and grammar of film like i took film i took film classes in in college and, you know, I didn't... We didn't shoot a movie or anything like that. A lot of it was just understanding the basic grammar of film. This movie follows no rules. Oh, no. This movie cannot give less of a shit. <laughs> like, I don't know what country Tommy Weisso is from. He's not from the United States. I don't know. I've been trying to find out, and I can't. It's another... That's what I'm saying. This guy is, like... This guy is an enigma. Like, he is someone whose background is so mysterious that it's again it's like what makes this so entertaining and just like incredible to watch um it's you know it he he obviously like i feel like he learned about everything that he needed to know about the US from maybe watching like a couple different action movies in the 1980s Right, like yeah, I can I can <laughs> see that, I get that vibe like he and 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 the other thing impression that I get from watching this is that he has a very high opinion of himself or he has a very high opinion of the type of character that he is. supposedly he's from France, I think he claims to be from France. Okay. I don't know. I don't... He doesn't seem French to me, but... I do. I was not getting French from that. I think everything is, again, everything's on the table. It all has to be... It all has to be a work, right? <laughs> like, he's fucking with us, like, because we're talking about him, so... He's getting his job, like... The less we know about Tommy Wiseau is, like... Like you said, it it adds mystique. It adds like this weird enigma to him, and it's like I don't know. Will I go crazy trying to understand who the fuck this guy is? That's what it feels like. <laughs> oh god! But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to jump in like that. But yeah, he is a guy that he he legit thought this movie was gonna be like an Oscar contender. Like yeah. it was going to get an Oscar nod. Guys don't set out to make bad movies. No. Maybe no. Ed, maybe Ed Wood did? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, right? Like but it's like guys don't always like set out to make these kinds of films. Guys think that they're making good movies. Like he put his own money <laughs> to keep the movie in circulation in theaters for another week cuz he was so sure his movie was going to get an Oscar. Like and that's why I'm like, I'm calling all bullshit on this whole, ha ha, like, it was meant to be bad the whole time. Like, don't fucking give me that shit, No, no, dude, he, like... he, he very obviously is something that his, took him a long time to come around to, right? Yeah. Like, it is not, it, it didn't start that way where he, like, knew he was setting out to make a, like, no, again, no one does that. Even in The Disaster Artist, like, when I watched it, uh, Greg Sestero, in that movie, played by James Franco's younger brother, what's his name? Little James? Dave. <laughs> and <It's> Dave. Dave. <laughs> Little James, <laughs> Dave Franco. <laughs> Little James Franco! <laughs> uh, yeah, like, he plays Grace sister in the movie, and, like, uh, you know, he seems to think that what he's making is actually a good movie, and it isn't until, like, they start really getting into some of it where Tommy starts making questionable decisions that blows everyone away, right? <laughs> Which one of the first questionable decisions is buying all the cameras and buying all the equipment outright. Yeah, which apparently you don't do in Hollywood. No, like a you lot don't. of that stuff is rented. Yeah, you know, which makes um, a lot of sense. Like, and there's a scene. There's a scene of it. Like the scene that Jason Mendoza and Hannibal Burris are in, are that they're the camera. Like they are the like they gave them an entire crew. They go to them and they decide to purchase the equipment instead of renting it. So because they ended up buying it, which no one really does, they provide them an entire crew of people to work on the movie for them. Oh There's something like, what, 90 people that work on this movie and that's not including the actors? Yeah, no, again, it's like if you want to compare it to other really shoestring budget independent movies... Which this is not like. This is a movie that's several million dollars. They threw a lot of money, and at to keep it. that into perspective, Friday the Thirteenth movies were one to two million dollars at most yep. in the nineteen eighties, and they were bringing in a. That's why. That's why these things were printing money, right? That's yep. why slasher films printed money in the nineteen eighties. It's why John Carpenter was so successful. Like uh, Blair Witch, like it, it, it's. It's one of those things that mostly lends itself to horror movies. Yeah. Um, a small budget, like slice of life or dramas, work. But again, it's like there, there's, there's a component in this that is, that is missing. Like I, I, I can't there's, like logic and understanding <laughs> and weird <laughs> understanding how humans work. <laughs> like there's a lot of establishing shots here in the beginning of San Francisco. Um, which of course, like I'll, I'll I'll bring it out up front. Like I was born in San Francisco. Um, my parents, like that's where they that's where they lived for most of their young lives before that's where we they moved set up, roots. Before we moved to the East Bay, so I have a lot of you know I I have a lot of love for San Francisco, and it's just like a part of my heart, right? And it always looks nice. Like I love watching San Francisco on film. Yeah, and I feel like for a long time, to- or or not even just that, I just love seeing Bay Area like locations on film. Mm-hmm. Like I like it in Black Panther. I like it in uh, Godzilla where they actually like the few things that they did shoot in yeah. San Francisco. I was about to say yeah. Yeah. no, no, no. It's like the co- not. do you like the Coliseum in in Godzilla? Cause <laughs> that was I wish the Coliseum was that nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. Maybe <laughs> fucking Raiders gonna be leaving, but neither here nor there. But, but you know, it's like I I do love. Seeing Bay Area locations on film, and this movie is supposed to be giving me what I like. It's a movie that takes place in San Francisco. It's got all these <laughs> wonderful, beautiful shots of San Francisco. Um, the characters don't look like it, it. You start to focus on things that you don't focus on in normal film, like the fact that all the characters look very pale
1: and yeah, terrifying. There was like
0: no makeup, <laughs> and it's not even just Tommy Wiseau. Like it's not even just Johnny. The guy who plays Denny, like, looks horrifying. He's the oldest guy on the (laughs) fucking, like, cast, by the way. I later found this out, that the guy playing Denny is, like, the oldest person. But he's supposed to play the youngest character. So, oh my... by the way, this movie, as much as you love San Francisco, this movie was filmed in L.A. Like it was oh, yeah, filmed absolutely. In, at a soundstage in L.A. I'm right, sure like you know that like now. again, I am only talking about establishing shots in San Francisco, and there's one other sequence that's in San Francisco that I'll get into a little bit later. But the movie opens up basically with um, with Johnny and Lisa, who Lisa is uh, is is. His future wife Who she's gonna Oh yeah <laughs> Mr. Oh no I'm not doing it. Tell me why So impression Fuck you <laughs> Well he calls her that Like he doesn't even Call her his fiance Not he, once Not that, that Not once Yeah that phrase Is not uttered A single time It's my you future wife You would think That a Frenchman Would be able to say The word fiance Apparently not this one <laughs> every single time he refers to oh i'm so glad that you are my friend and that lisa i love her so much like it's just like who talks like this like it, and i don't mean to like rag on like accents and stuff like that like excuse, like my family most of us english is our second language but you know if, if i was shooting my family on film I would script better dialogue for them than this. <laughs> it's not even the, It's not even his accent. It's just the ass way of talking. Like yeah. you don't go around talking your to your wife, calling her my wife. Like you don't like you know like I don't I don't see my girlfriend. I'm like oh look my beautiful girlfriend. Unless I'm making a joke about it, like I'm usually calling her by by you know her name. Or I think know. the other thing in this movie is you're also just watching people act. Which is weird, like you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like like even like even even not great actors will give you like a shred of believability in it, but it's like this is just people reading lines. It's and what it trying. sounds like, yeah. yeah. Like even the stuff that they say doesn't work, and and uh, so you know you find out that he is very much in love with Lisa for some he reason. He tells you four hundred times, <laughs> and. Um, they're, like, kissing each other, and all of a sudden, at the door, someone comes in, which is Denny. Yep. Denny is apparently a kid that Johnny is putting through college, who, Johnny has so much money that not only does he rent whatever fancy-ass apartment he has in San Francisco, which probably would cost you about four to five grand a month, but now he's also able to support Johnny, I mean, uh, Denny as yeah. well. And then Danny looks up to him like his father slash a big brother? What's the age difference between Danny and Johnny? Cause Denny looks like he's he's dressed like he's four he's dressed like he's supposed to be fourteen. Yeah. But he looks thirty. <laughs> like he looks like he looks like an older crackhead version of a kid that you would see in a nineties rom com, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> He looks like Seth Green if Seth Green didn't kick the drunk habit. Oh, 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 oh shots oh. fired! <laughs> um, yeah, and, and he like just says weird shit. Like he gets into bed with them. Yeah, so they're... so they establish they're gonna go do the do the sex to each other, and then they go upstairs. Well, before Denny's like, <laughs> can I watch? And they're like, no. And they just leave him in the living room and they go upstairs and then Denny follows them upstairs for some reason and watches them make out. Which one of your friends would do that? You. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody! Because it's fucking weird! <laughs> and then the best part, and this is one of five of the, like, uh, not not five exactly, but this is one of several sex scenes that we get in this after, after Denny, like, finally decides to stop being so fucking creepy and leave. Then we get this, like, Skinamax porn scene that, you know, where we have to stare at Tommy Wiseau's ass and listen to terrible stock music and watch him Fuck Lisa's belly button Oh yeah he was totally in that belly button (laughs) Like he is way too high To be actually Penetrating her And he is way too low To be like titty fucking her (laughs) How eloquently put on Valentine's Day (laughs) Nothing says romance like Titty fucking your future wife (laughs) I can't, like, I I really, I I wish I could find a better way to say it, but it's just, like, so weird. The amount of time that went into this sex scene that goes on for, like, six minutes! No, at a certain point, because there's several of these, like, I was like, is this porn? That's what it felt like! (laughs) You asked me, like, four times throughout the movie! (laughs) It's just, like, it's poor acting, like it's shitty music. The camera work, like this, looks like you know, it looks like shitty daytime soap camera work when you would watch those old softcore like Cinemax videos. Oh, God. Like that's what this feels like. <laughs> yeah, for a minute, and I and I was like, we have to be watching like a porn parody. And yeah. no, it's the room. It <laughs> was the actual room. No, like I read that. You know, I I, I really mind the IMDb trivia fact ch- page for this movie, right? So, all in all, they recorded, like, ten minutes of fake sex scene, right? hmm I think eight minutes made it into the movie. This one by itself is, like, six minutes. <laughs> IMDB said this movie was, or this scene was 10% of the movie. Oh, shit. <laughs> 10% of the total runtime was dedicated to Tommy Wiseau ass and sex scenes. Which, that was another thing. For some reason, Tommy Wiseau needed to have his ass cheeks in the movie. So, after we get through this, um, you know, we get more... I guess we we meet Mark a little bit more, who's one of the other major players in this movie. Yeah. Um, Mark, played by Greg Cicero, he seems like the ultimate nice friend. Like, he seems like... He doesn't want to have sex with her, but yes, he does want to have sex with her. Mark's arc is very strange because he 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 starts off being a really nice friend. Lisa tries to have sex with him, to which he's like, "Be gone!" Thought, <laughs> and then he has sex with her anyway. Well, and this is like what, maybe ten minutes after she just had sex with Johnny. Yeah, like if you almost feel like Lisa was having a sex marathon because then she had sex with Johnny again. After this. Yeah. And and it's just like... And I also... One of the things that I find almost offensive about this movie... Is the characterization of Lisa. Like, she seems like she's in love with Johnny in scenes that they're together. But then when they're not together in scenes... She seems like the absolute most evil person that you would ever like she's a super villain she's when just she's like, not I around. She's fucking hate Johnny. <laughs> you don't know the things he does to me, blah blah blah. Like like honestly, like I can't even tell the entire movie plot because it takes off fucking out of the blue, you know? So there's this weird part where you know they start having sex and on the staircase Oh yeah like but it was weird because the whole lead up to it there was none you never had sex on a staircase it's awesome <laughs> no yeah no one has sex that Who way has sex that way <laughs> no one has sex that way <laughs> so mark goes through a weird like character arc as well where like you were saying earlier it seems like he's Johnny's friend but then he hates Johnny and i came to find out that wasn't necessarily that Mark as a character hated Johnny. It was that Greg hated Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't, you never heard that? No. So there, there's these like there's certain parts where it bubbles up, and like they, they start like throughout the filming process. Greg and and Tommy were like real, like Tommy was really antagonizing Greg Sestero's. And so that scene where more Mark says, "Why don't you shut up and keep your comments in your pocket." Which, first of all, no one says. Second, <laughs> the reason why he says it so angry is because he imagined he was yelling it at Tommy Wise. Oh. <laughs> so, there's like these weird-ass parts where they're supposed to be friends. And because Johnny tells you they're friends like 11 times, he says, this is my best friend. I don't know why I turned Russian, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, this is my best friend You <laughs> should, like, diff- should just have a different accent every time you do his impression. I know. <laughs> he turns <laughs> into Nico Bellic from GTA. <laughs> but yeah, he like, he like they start off as weird friends, and then they're playing football, and they go out, and they play football Oh my god, <laughs> okay, okay. The football in this movie. I... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there's a scene in this movie where I I swear to God somebody made it because I watched it. (laughs) I know it's a thing. I didn't imagine it. (laughs) You could have told me I imagined this part and I would be like, oh, okay. Everyone comes into Tommy's living room and they're all in tuxedos. Now, keep in mind that Johnny's been telling you the entire time that Lisa is his future wife. I thought this was the wedding day. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> You're like, oh, they're finally getting married. No, they're just sitting there in tuxedos. Film language tells you this is the day of the wedding. That's why they're all showing up there in their in their tuxedos. <laughs> Common sense tells you this is the wedding day. Like, I know that not that people don't show up before like the wedding. Always dressed up like that. Like at my wedding, we literally all got dressed at the venue yep. after we brought everything to the venue because we had to help do setup. Right. Yep. And it's still, like, one of the most hilarious moments was, like, all my groomsmen and me, like, getting dressed when the fucking photograph crew comes in. <laughs> yeah, my, oh, mind you guys, we're not getting dressed in, like, a room or a library. We're getting all, there's, like, eight dudes getting dressed in the men's room with two stalls. And this is a small men's room. Like, <laughs> like this is this is the wedding. Everything tells you it's the wedding. Why? Because you rent tuxedos. And you only rent tuxedos for the day that you need them for. So apparently these guys all bought their tuxedos. And apparently they all <laughs> bought their shoes. And for some reason, they all thought it was a fucking fantastic idea to get in their tuxedos so I could play fucking football. <laughs> But then they're not even playing football. They're just like rugby passing the football to each other. And then like the other guy who's friends with them who I the character's name like escapes me. No, really? He was so memorable. How could you forget? He eats shit because he's not wearing fucking football shoes. All I wanted to say when I saw him fall like... As soon as I saw him fall, I just wanted to go, yeah. Like, (laughs) Like, what did you you do? (laughs) What did you fucking think, you idiot? And it actually ends up continuing to be this weird story that has no point. Right? Because then there's also the scene with Denny, who... So much of this takes place on a rooftop. And the rooftop in this was obviously, like, a big, like, green screen. That they decided to superimpose the city of San Francisco (laughs) on. Which, mind you... Fun fact about that, the rooftop was available for them to use of the actual soundstage they were on. They just chose not to. (laughs) And I think it's probably because he thought they would have better control of it on a soundstage, which is... Fine if you're shooting black and white horror movies in the Universal backlot in the 1930s. (laughs) But it's not like what you're going to want to do to shoot outdoor San Francisco. And one of the great things about it too is like when you see characters come through the door in the the (laughs) roof. Like the background behind them is shaking and moving. (laughs) (laughs) The infamous rooftop scenes. There's a couple. Yeah, there's a lot. There's, again, we spent a lot of time and a lot of revelations happen on this rooftop. So, Denny is getting hassled by a drug dealer named Chris R. I don't even know how we got his name outside of Wikipedia, truth be told. I don't even know why he's here. No, but apparently, Denny does drugs now. Which you've never seen him do on screen. There's nothing to tell you that he is a drug addict other than the fact that he's getting hassled by this drug dealer. And, you know, God bless Chris R. Because he was trying to make fucking, you know, lemonade out of horse piss here. He was, like, the only one giving any sort of effort as an actual actor. And this building is obviously where rich people in San Francisco live. And there's no security in this place because apparently this guy knows to go up to the rooftop to see Danny in the rooftop. Does your drug? Would your drug dealer come inside your house and in or inside your building and go to your rooftop? Uh, I would not want to incriminate my drug dealer, but I would say no. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. And he ends up like pointing a gun at him and. That doesn't make sense either. It's like, you know what? You wouldn't even have to shoot somebody. All you'd have to do is shove him off the roof and call it a day. And say it's an accident. <laughs> like, that's all you have to do. Like, it's so much less incriminating. But no, he decides to go up there, point a gun at him, and scream in a building full of people in the daytime. People that this kid knows, by the way. <laughs> and then at that perfect moment, apparently, that is when uh, Johnny and, uh, and Mark show up. And they grab this guy and they say, let's take him to the police. (laughs) From the rooftop. So they brought him down. Only for us to assume they, they like, personally handed him over to the authorities at San Francisco Police Department. Like... They could have killed him. Like, why did they just kill him? Like, that would make more sense. It would make more sense. if They just said, "No, we just fucking killed him," and now we're back. Or what about like he didn't even put up a fight? Like, <laughs> like they literally just took him out the door, and he was never heard from or seen again. Oh no, you're forgetting the you're forgetting the best part where Lisa and and her mom Claudette come upstairs while after Mark and uh, Mark and Johnny take him downstairs. Right? Oh, and when the camera shows them. This background is moving again <laughs> You're looking at the green screen. Yes. And then they come up and they like they they scold Denny for doing drugs.
1: Denny, like, how could
0: you do drugs? It's okay. <laughs> no, it's not. Why are you doing this? It's over. <laughs> <And> then... <laughs> It's like everybody, people move on from terrible situations at, like, the drop of a hat here. Like because for... Lisa's mom, early in a few scenes earlier, <laughs> they're sitting in the living room talking. And she, her mother tells her. She goes, oh, I got the results of my test today. I definitely have breast cancer. <laughs> I was like, what? And to which Lisa just says Oh you'll be (laughs) alright What the fuck To which Claudette responds Nope it's definitely Cancer (laughs) And I don't mean And again we don't mean to laugh at cancer Because it is a terrible disease That does terrible things The part that's insulting About it is that this movie Completely drops it And you never hear it again. Like, after she mentions she has cancer, you never hear about it again. And then all of a sudden, like, there'll be other scenes where she's talking to Lisa and she's talking about how terrible she feels. And Lisa comes up with all these other explanations for why she could be feeling bad to which I'm saying on the inside of myself, maybe it's fucking cancer! Like, like, I remember earlier in that scene, the cancer scene, she even says, oh, I don't want to talk about it. An actual dramatic movie, again, an actual dramatic movie that actually wanted to take these things seriously, which is what Tommy Wiseau says he wanted to do, this movie, that would have changed the nature of the movie. Yeah. Like, that, and it didn't matter what Lisa's plans were with Johnny, because she ends up getting Johnny drunk that night. Yep. And they end up having Cinemax sex again. Which, like, in, in real life, like, those kinds of situations where you find out that people have terminal diseases or are very ill in your home, like, that kind of stuff happens in the real world. Mm-hmm. But that will absolutely change the nature of, A, your day, B, your life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's one of those things that changes everything. But it's treated with such disrespect here that you never hear about it again. And it just makes you laugh every single time she says anything. Because you're just like, wow, like, she's doing pretty good for someone who doesn't have very long to live. And no one seems to care about the fact that she's dying. Like, Johnny apparently has heard some of this because he's tape recording her. To try to find out like who she's cheating on him with because he is also paranoid. Oh yeah. So there's this part where Lisa's talking about her infidelity to her friend. Yeah. And said she's going to see him. They leave. Johnny comes down the stairs and has a monologue where he's like, who is she going to see? And me and Angel look at each other and are like, who the fuck is he talking to? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, he talks out loud to himself. Like, in movies, you either do this in narration, which is risky, right? Like, narration in movies is one of those things that could go very well or very not well, right? Like, famously, I think one of the best movies to use uh, narration, or at least two of them that I love, are Terminator 2 Judgment Day Mm -hmm. and Goodfellas. Yeah I love the way that those movies use narration because they like a lot of it is in character it was and really you good get sauce Sorry. and you get, yeah you like you get the inner thoughts <laughs> yeah. of somebody and like and it's great too because the the actors who are playing them also have like they get really into their characters like mm-hmm. especially Ray Liotta in Goodfellas like there'll be scenes where where all of a sudden you hear uh you know you hear narration and he'll like talk about how like how much of a fucking prick somebody is And yeah. like they'll say it the way the character does And yeah. it really gets you into it And helps you buy into it It, r- no, it really this is guy... like you're in some guy's head And yeah. here you're clearly not because... This guy talks out loud to himself <laughs> And, and, and uh, okay <laughs> I'm not going to say it's the weirdest thing in the world Because you know at one point I did like rent in like A rent a studio for a year like for Where I lived alone And it is very true When you live by yourself You talk to yourself a lot yeah I'm sure like you you just like we are we are creatures you vocalize your thoughts right like we need we need other people to talk to and sometimes we may not have that Mm -hmm. so that is like the only time that I could remember in my life that I would say things out loud to myself again it's simple stuff like huh I wonder why I put that there or like you know just like you say simple things to yourself Mm -hmm. out loud (laughs) or where are my car keys (laughs) or what are you doing in my house No, (laughs) I'm just playing you don't you don't you don't ask yourself if you, if your girlfriend or future wife is cheating on is you. Is my future wife cheating on me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm starting to go a little bit of uh, John Voight there. <laughs> I'm sorry, Christopher Walken. I confused the two. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, it, it, again, it's really bizarre. Backtracking a little bit. You were talking about how how Lisa gets Johnny drunk. Yes. Not just on vodka. On, like, something that may be whiskey? <laughs> Yeah. So she pours two alcohols in one cup. It's like, here Johnny, I know you don't drink, but live a little. And he goes, no, you, no, I don't want to. And then she's like, yeah, but go ahead. And then so he gets shit-faced. And those two are having a party. And you can tell because at one point Lisa's, <laughs> <laughs> Lisa's wearing Johnny's tie as a hat. And has it around her head like a fucking ninja sc- <laughs> Like a ninja headband. No, like, you almost... The movie is so bad, and, like, it telegraphs things so hard that you would almost wish that Johnny, like, showed up with a lampshade on his head. Like, <laughs> it's like, like you were expecting it! Yeah, like, this is, this is where this movie is going now. So this takes us to our second famous, uh rooftop scene because Lisa starts telling all her friends and all their loved ones that, oh, Johnny isn't who you think he is. He actually got violent with me, citing that night he got drunk. Yeah. And, of course, Johnny's drunk. He doesn't remember what he did. And then, of course, like, he had very drunk sex with her. Yeah, so... there, you know, like... Wait, was that the second sex scene? I thought that was later. Of course, because Tommy Wiseau is writing this and his character is virtuous and innocent. (laughs) Like, he also comes off like a bit of a dumbass for putting himself in situations that he shouldn't be in. He's a fucking moron (laughs) in this movie. And, uh, you know, it's just like, again, this movie is hard to talk about in a linear plot structure. Because it just feels like a bizarre collection of scenes that don't make sense, like I think Angel talked about last week when we were talking about Batman begins when uh that that uh that drama class activity where people get like a cold script and you you create your own story based on who's in it. that's what this film feels like, where it's pretty much an hour and a half version of that class where it feels like some characters aren't even in the same movie, yeah and it's just people talking about different things. So like for example, you know, the second the second rooftop scene that we were on time about, everyone knows where where the where the famous line, I did not hit her. I did not. That's bullshit. I did not hit her. Oh, hi, Mike. <laughs> like that you know, the, the, it's it's funny, it's humorous. We, it, apparently that one took like 90 takes to get Oh down. yeah, it, there's a whole scene in The Disaster Artist where they like go through all of this where Seth Rogen's character who plays the director and, and Paul Shearer's character are just like, are you fucking serious? And they're staring at each other watching this guy do it. <laughs> so, on this rooftop scene... he's talking to Mark, because Mark's up there just chilling, even though I guess Mark lives in that apartment building, too? All his friends live all under the same roof. It's so fucking weird. Like, I mean, they're not supposed to, right? Like, I mean, like, some of them live in different places, but it just, it doesn't feel that way. Like, this is a movie that doesn't, again, like, not only that, but if you know San Francisco, and because one of my coworkers like, she talks about how she and her husband, like, they love this movie. And they can quote it to each other and stuff like that. They're not from the Bay Area and they don't live out here. Mm-hmm. Again, being someone who knows San Francisco, for those of you who don't know San Francisco, the geography of the city is really fucked in this movie. Yeah. Because there's a scene where Johnny walks from the ferry building to, to fucking, like... Golden Gate Park? Yeah! To the... No, no, not Golden... Like, to the Palace of Fine Arts, to their apartment building, which you, you were led to believe is somewhere near Golden Gate Park. Yep. Like, there are these areas that he is walking to, like, and then he walks to Union Square, so he goes, Ferry Building, Union Square... Palace of Fine Art. These places are not close to each other like that. These are like 20 minute drives from each other (laughs) in San Francisco (laughs) traffic. Like it makes absolutely no sense. Like to the point where if he was really making that walk in an evening, it would probably take him two days to get like on foot. (laughs) To get to all these different places. And uh, yeah, and and then the best part is that um, they go into this scene That apparently is a party for Johnny. Oh no, before that. Oh. Before that and the rooftop scene. They have that funny, that weird funny story, remember? Oh yeah, where Mark, t- where Mark and Johnny are talking about infidelity, and then Mark was like, "Oh yeah, I heard this crazy story about this girl that was cheating on her. Like she had a bunch of boyfriends, and one of them found out and beat the shit out of her, and she ended up like at a hospital somewhere, like on down, Guerrero Street. On Guerrero Street. To which Johnny replies, "Ha ha ha ha, that's a funny story, Mark. And it's like, what? <laughs> what part of that was funny? The woman that almost died, Johnny? (laughs) (laughs) No, and then there's the other part where Mark is also on the roof and their other friend who's a psychologist, I guess, as well, right? Yeah. So he comes up on the roof and he discovers that, like, somehow through osmosis, like, he discovers that Mark is having an affair with Lisa. And when he, like, brings it up to Mark, (laughs) Mark decides to attempt to kill him by pulling him over the roof. And then, like, after he does that, then he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. And they go back like if nothing happened again. And they just pretend like everything is perfectly fine. Actions in this movie have no consequence, which is what makes it, which is, of course, what makes it hard for you to take it seriously. (laughs) But I guess I just couldn't, like, it was making me laugh while I was watching it. Mm -hmm. I still don't know at this point in the movie if I understand. Why people love it so much? Remember the part where Mark shoved that guy to the trash cans while they were playing football? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Apparently, that was another scene I wanted to talk about. There's a there's like a total of like five football related scenes in this movie, and when Tommy Wiseau was asked about it, he just said football is fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was his response. But there's this one part where they're in an alleyway, yeah, and they're playing football, right? Or quote unquote football. But it's a totally fake alleyway, and you can tell that the windows are actually paper. Yeah. Like, there's paper windows, right? And there's this part where they're throwing the ball. And remember, It also but, feels like it's very far away from the building that they're inside of. Oh, yeah. Like, it's supposed to be, like, a weird industrial area that they're at. But remember how the beginning? There's that friend that had like weird sexy time in in the in uh, Lisa and Johnny's living room. That makes no sense. Like, they, and the best part about that is that two different characters that you have not seen before come into the movie mm-hmm. in a single scene where they're having sex with each other, and it's just like, and and it's like, goofy, and you're like, why? And they're laughing, and they're eating chocolate, like. It, and then the guy goes back to grab his boxers because he <laughs> left them there. You know what's really funny about this? Like, I was having flashbacks to something that I don't know if everyone in our audience will remember this. But there was a show on MTV, like, in the early 2000s called mm-hmm. Undressed. That would be on, like, <clears throat> it would be on, like, on uh, on weekends, like, in the evenings, right? Like, it was, like, a late night show. Oh, like in, Big Brother After Dark sort of thing. Uh, kind of, but it's just, like, it was a show that, like... It had terrible acting. Yeah. Um. It like seemed like the, it seemed like a basic cable's version of a porn movie, mm-hmm. and they would just have like these crazy, ridiculous storylines where you would have like one of the nerd guys in college who was like very well endowed and stuff like that, <laughs> and the scenes <laughs> <Archie> where <Burger. laughs> and the scenes where like people would be like <clears throat> having sex with each other, like they would make these exaggerated facial expressions. <laughs> that is what this looked like to me. So like. You know, this movie is from 03. Like, it gave me flashbacks of to watching that, that show. Because, you know, before it, you got, like, actual naked people on television, and you were at a certain age as a young man or woman, I, that's what I was watching before I was actually able to watch... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah! But it just made me laugh, because that is a show I have not thought about Start in 20 years. <laughs> but what was it? No, the... the well. So that guy, the friend that had sex with the girl in the living room, remember how he goes back and he's telling, he tells the rest of the guys the story? And everyone just starts laughing and then they start throwing the football and then there's that weird part where... Where, for some reason, Mark shoves him super hard <laughs> yeah. and eats shit into the garbage cans. So it's really weird because up until now, Mark has been a nice guy and then all of a sudden he turns into a total fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. I later found out that the guy that got thrown into the trash cans got a concussion from that <laughs> and wasn't allowed to leave until they finished his scene. Oh, wow. So, there's, like, a part where you can't really understand him. It's because he's, like, probably suffering brain damage. Oh, my God. <laughs> you didn't know about that? No! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> oh this my God. This movie was hurting Dang. people. Oh, God. That's very dangerous. So, to now the party. <laughs> yeah. Which is the climax of the movie, finally. Chirp, 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 chirp. <laughs> <laughs> so the movie or the the party is supposed to be where everything comes to a head, right? Which is usually the case in movies, right? Like party scenes are always very important scenes in mo- <laughs> in teen movies. In teen movies, but yeah, nobody yeah. in this movie is a teenager, so, so they're all whole ass adults. So Lisa was talking to one of her friends and was like, "I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell Johnny that you know I don't love him anymore. and I'm gonna leave him." Oh, no, and the best part is that instead of telling him, she doubles down. <laughs> she doubles down, and this 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 is this party is great, by the way, because they keep ordering their guests to go in and out of the party as <laughs> they please. Everyone go outside! And then oh, wait, there's cake! <laughs> and then as soon as they go outside, you hear Johnny announce, Oh, I'm going to be a father. Or like, oh, Lisa's pregnant. Oh, (laughs) we're pregnant. And then everyone's (laughs) like, we're expecting. Yeah. And the one friend that knows looks at Lisa like, that ain't right. <laughs> and then she tells her she goes, You're not pregnant. And Lisa's drinking alcohol at this party, which Johnny is like finds nothing suspicious no, about. No one thinks about it. No one thinks twice about the fact that she's trying to get shit faced at this party. And before they went outside, it looked like she wanted to fucking fuck on uh Mark like, Mark one more the time. Party. During the party, yeah, like it's like it doesn't make any sense. Like none of this movie makes any sense. So someone catches them making out, and that's when the the friends confront Lisa and like, you had to tell Johnny. Like this isn't fair, right? Yeah. So Johnny, at one point. Like, they start... He starts realizing that Mark and Lisa are a little bit too close. So, like, the fourth time... After the fourth time, everyone's ordered to go back inside. (laughs) Which is absolutely stupid, by the way. Because they've been telling you the entire time. We're having an affair. We're having an affair. We're having an affair. Everything about them shows that they're spending way too much time together. Um, Everything is so stupid. Denny apparently has feelings for her Everybody loves Lisa in this movie. For some reason... Like why? Why does everyone love her? <laughs> yeah, like I mean, it's it's, and this isn't about her physic physicality and stuff like that. It is very interesting that they have an actress here who's not quote unquote conventionally movie beautiful. Yeah, not yeah. right. Like, I, and she's and, very average girl looking. Like, right in the sense that this is the type of girl you walk by on the street. and You don't really think twice about it because it, it's someone you encounter in your day to day life. Like, she's not someone that's like. Drop dead, gorgeous, crazy hot. Like, that's like you come to associate with a Hollywood type body type. You and there's certain parts of the movie where you think maybe, maybe that was why so is trying to portray her as like an ingenue or like the femme fatale of like 1930s movies and stuff. I you're like giving that. him way too much credit. <laughs> It's just like I don't know. It's like he he probably thinks greater things of her than is actually coming across on screen. Unfortunately, they actually originally the Lisa was the that was me- the woman that was meant to play Lisa was someone from like South America. Okay, she had a falling out with Tommy Wiseau, so the the girl that did play Lisa was like one of the people that tried out after, it and he was like, "Yeah, sure, you're good. Let's go." <laughs> In case you were wondering, there was any sort of fight. Yeah, this entire movie feels forced and put upon, especially in the last few minutes of it. Like, it felt like he was just in a rush to get it over with now. Mm -hmm. Maybe like how we sound like we are with this podcast, but it's just like, that is how the movie goes. Um, Again, it's like, they keep going out, they keep going back into the party. There is like, five or six different establishing shots... That takes During place this party In different parts of San Francisco Why It's like they had b-roll footage of different areas in San Francisco That they had to force into this Which by this point in the movie My wife was joining us and watching it with us And she just goes How many days has this party been going on <laughs> Because there's so many different Establishing shots I swear to god so at one point Johnny finally realizes that they're they're doing there's something weird. So he comes running over and he like shoves Mark off of her right, and then they get into this weird altercation, which is like nobody fights like this right, no. like mind you, like it it looks like a football fight kind of where guys just start shoving each other and yeah get involved. Yeah, to like you know, like you've seen football fights, like they don't really tag each other. They just like throw. They kind of like throw hands and slap. Like again, like it's just really. It, it's good. It it makes sense that that Johnny says that he just likes football because this is what a football fight looks like. It's just <laughs> two guys like grabbing each other by the shirt and just like shoving each other super hard and annoyingly. Um. And then there's this part. Of- <laughs> Where Johnny calls Mark a chicken and a coward, you're just a chicken shit. And they used it before. They used it before the football scene, right when they were all in tuxedos. That's and what makes it go. so good is that this isn't something he did on a whim. This is something that all this group of friends does to each other to pick on each other. So like, it's like established. It, it had to have been in the script for it to show up twice. <laughs> so he wrote it into the. The script, <laughs> and uh, you know, so by this point, everybody knows that there's an affair going on, uh, to which Johnny like goes nuts, and he he <laughs> kicks everyone out of the apartment, <laughs> and, and he like in the most deadpan delivery ever. I'm fed up with this world. <laughs> <laughs> I have no friends. <laughs> And then, of course, like everybody remembers, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. You're tearing me apart. Which apparently he did. He did that as a like call out to James Dean. <laughs> See, and you're over here calling me a dumbass for trying to bring up a to me. <laughs> You're going to fucking turn around and pull James Dean on me? No! He, like, that's legit! Like, that's a thing! He's gone on record to say that! That's what I'm saying, is, like, this guy really does think he's making old Hollywood dramatic movies where what he's actually, because it does feel like an old, like, it feels like a movie from a different time. Right, like like <clears> he's trying the, to do an updated version of a movie from the 30s. Like, there's not a lot of people. Well, just like it just feels like an old Hollywood movie. Like, there's not there's not a lot of scenes of them driving in cars. Everybody walks everywhere for the most part. Mm-hmm. He goes into flower shop like that. The way <laughs> oh, that the fucking flower. The shop. way that flower shop scene is staged, it feels like something from an old movie. Like oh, like that. if you were watching the old original version of. Um Oh hi doggy. <laughs> yeah, like like if you're watching the old uh, like if you're watching the old version of Little Shop of Horrors like and it was set on a stage like in like a play, like that is what some of these scenes look like when when they're put on there. Which I love that we're getting to this now because there's a movie that we're going to review in a couple weeks that's yeah. going to do very 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 awful camera work mm-hmm. that's like reminiscent of this kind of stuff as oh, well. Oh yeah, Jurassic Park <laughs> 3. Nope further ahead than that. Oh really? Yeah. Oh well then. That's I cannot a good tease. wait till we get into it. So <clears throat> But uh, again, it's like, you know, this movie uh the the party's finally over. Tommy, like uh Tommy. I, I need to stop getting Tommy Wiseau so confused with his character of Johnny. Who I'm Tommy, pretty Johnny. sure he based Johnny on Tommy. himself. Yeah, know? like it it obviously feels like just him. And um so he's <clears throat> he's in the bathroom. Apparently having a pity party for himself because he got cheated on. And he is the best person in the world. There's nothing that he... Despite the fact that, yes, he tells Lisa that he cares about her. But there's nothing about him that makes you really feel like they have a loving relationship with each other. He does nothing at any point to make you think he loves her other than saying he loves her. And Lisa's mother also doesn't, like... For some reason, she's the one who defends Johnny all the time to to Lisa, and then she stopped giving a shit after a while. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what happens when you're dying. You just uh, you just <laughs> become bitter and hate the world. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, take him for everything he's worth. Love is stupid, and uh, so you know. And <laughs> shut up, bitch! When he's in the fucking bathroom, and I meant it, bitch. <laughs> and it's just like so weird, like. And she there she goes. She calls uh Mark and talks to him loud enough so that Johnny hears her and he comes out and they you know and she he like reveals to her that he knew from a long time yep. ago that she was cheating on him cuz he pulls out the <clears throat> tape recorder that he was using to record which and... I had totally forgotten about at yep. this point. Like he puts it out there and then the entire movie just exists. Like it looked like something with the tape in it, like it looked like those old answering machines, yeah, like <laughs> it was weird because it the way he had it set up, there was no way for the tape recorder to record Mark's side of the conversation, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. you know, like it was only meant to record whoever was speaking in the house, but for some reason, it has crystal clear as day mark's voice talking about how they're about to go fuck you know also we're old enough at least i'm old enough to have remembered like the old answering machines with tapes in it you're just two years older than me calm down <laughs> no but what i'm saying is like i we, i remembered the kinds of answering machines that this recorder looks yeah, like yeah yeah and tapes are not infinite like no not like, at all like is, that records a lot <laughs> and of course this movie is weird because there's no real way to show the passage of time, and again, we're like in scenes with people where it cuts to establishing shots just to take us back to the same scene that we were in before, yeah, and then there's certain scenes where it's like, "Oh, well, now we're getting ready for the party, and then something happens where you it like seems like the next day, and all of a sudden you'll hear somebody say, "Yeah, and the party is tonight, and you're like, "Wait, you're still it's the same the day. same day <laughs> it's just like really bizarre." Like, there's this weird part where she leaves, and he's, like, distraught, and he grabs the dress he bought for her in the beginning. And I love that his, like, way of showing distress is to just moan and, like, yell in a monotone voice around his house. Like, he's fucking that dress, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, like, he is dry-humping Lisa's dress. Like, oh, it's like, what? And then, and then, of course, like, the only way that this movie could have possibly ended... This piece of this masterpiece of high art was for Johnny to finally grab a gun that we had never seen at any other point in the movie. Did he take it from Chris R? Because it that's was, the only other gun that I saw in this entire movie. It was definitely not even the same gun <laughs> that Chris R had. And all of a sudden, <laughs> this is the best part because when we were watching this, movie, God bless your wife. <laughs> I will always remember this, like, scene in the movie because, okay, so he goes, you know, goodbye, like he said this final... Goodbye, thing. cruel world! He's like, he had this moment, and he puts a gun in his mouth, and he shoots himself, and me and Javi are just like, while well, we're watching, because we saw it together, all of a sudden, Denny, Lisa, and Mark all come in back into the room, where, keep in mind that, like, Johnny's been dead probably for a while now. And and they pick his head up to which Mark starts yelling, Johnny, wake up! Wake up, Johnny! And then we're both just like sitting there in stone silence. And then my wife goes, Didn't he just blow his fucking brains out? (laughs) to it! I totally remember if you were picking him up from the head wouldn't you feel a hole in the back of his head from where the bullet went (laughs) Lisa being the great human being she is Takes this moment to tell Mark now that Johnny's dead, they can be together. (laughs) Which, of course, Mark finally, like, all of a sudden gets some sort of moral conscience. Again, because he had one at the beginning of the movie, (laughs) loses it, hates Johnny, and then gets it after Johnny dies. Yeah, all of a sudden, like, he loves Johnny now, and then Johnny is, like, the Holy Spirit. Like, he is the Holy Christ now, because he is a martyr, everyone is supposed to love him, and the movie... Ends all of a sudden with some more shitty fusion pop jazz music at the end. Now we really have to get to it. Um, do we like this movie? I don't know. <laughs> I want to say for, for the lulz, I want to say yes, because this movie, like I told you, this movie's so bad, it's good. It's just bad. <laughs> I, so we saw it last week. Right after we recorded the Batman episode, right? Yes. And I remember thinking, when we finished it, holy shit, I'm going to have to watch this movie again so I can remember what the fuck happened so I even have uh, a clear idea. Yeah, because it's got, again... It It makes makes zero sense. It's a movie with very little linear plot. Like, it is why we cannot go through it the way we go through a regular movie. Like, there is a bare bones, any, like, barely any plot in this. Today, I was sitting at work and I just was overcome with this feeling of anxiety because (laughs) I was thinking, holy shit we can't record this week because i cannot for the life of me remember anything of note from that movie (laughs) yeah like of course it's like it's so this movie's so weird in the way it's the way from the way it was written the way it was produced there's a reason why the disaster artist is such a popular movie and there's a reason why this movie is so like loved and has such a cult following because it is bad like don't get me wrong I like the experience of watching this movie, but I cannot in good conscience say, I like this movie. (laughs) I like the experience of watching it. I thought it was fun to watch the first time. I'm not going to be the type of person that's going to be like, I have to watch this movie once a year or every time it comes on. Like, this fucking, I felt my IQ drop a couple (laughs) times and it, it wasn't that high to begin with. All right. So I'll say this before I give my opinion. I'm not that big a snob, like I like plenty of shitty ass movies that are very terrible. We do love shit tacular movies. um, I cannot say that I like this movie at all. Nah, man. I can't like i no like and I'm not kidding unfortunately, like I thought I was gonna have a lot more fun with this than I did it was. I like the scenes that I've seen on YouTube a million times. I like the stuff that riff tracks has like riffed on. Yeah, I like the scenes that I've seen like you know lampooned and other things. I thought it was funny how they recreate a lot of the famous scenes in, in Disaster Artist. Yeah, of it like it, it's yeah. This, there's certain scenes that are funny like because they're so bad. It's having to sit down and devote the amount of time that this movie takes is not. It's probably not the best way to watch it, and it's probably why I had the experience that I had. Again, as I said in the beginning of the show, if I see this movie again, I need to see it in a theater, I need to see it in a midnight showing, and I need to watch it in one of those screenings where everybody throws spoons at the screen. Like, I, that's, that's what I need to see. Oh yeah, there's definitely a spoons thing, because apparently, for those of you that don't know... Uh, Tommy Wiseau sent out his special effects department to go buy because apparently, like the 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 living room looked like no one lived in it, <laughs> so they sent out people to go buy a bunch of like art and shit. And for some reason, they found like pictures of plastic spoons. <laughs> so every time there's a plastic spoon on scene or you know on screen, people throw a shit ton of plastic spoons. Yeah, which again. You know, as, as like even my coworker said that that she and her husband loved this movie. I don't get it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, just watching it in this setting with you and I preparing for a podcast for it, I didn't get it. I didn't. I, it, it was a joke that I didn't understand. So maybe I'm Tommy Wiseau because it took him a very long time to yeah. come around to the fact that this was a joke. And to me, I guess I just spent way too much time trying to analyze it as a drama. <laughs> And I think that's the problem: is that I watched it knowing completely it was a living meme. But for the f- like, if I had watched it just to watch it, I would have thought it was hilarious, and I would say I fucking love this movie. But because I watched it as a podcaster on a movie review podcast, I want to fucking shoot myself. Yeah. So unfortunately, if people thought that we were gonna, you know, that this would be our best episode yet, I hope we didn't disappoint you with our opinion of it. Um, This is gonna go down for me As the first I don't like this movie And who knows Maybe one day I'll go to one of those screenings And I'll come back And I'll change my opinion on it But for now It's a movie that Yeah, sure. I'm glad to have watched it because now I know what everyone's talking about when they make those jokes. (laughs) I'd like to thank uh, all of you for uh, joining us for this episode of... This was our first Instagram um, requested episode. Yes, sir. From one of our listeners. So, we do encourage people to continue sending us their uh, requests for movies for us to watch in the future. So... Uh, Again, uh, if you like the show, please, please, please subscribe to uh, our feed on uh, iTunes, uh, Google Play Store, Spotify. Um, Continue to listen to the show. Continue to uh, write your ratings and reviews um, and interact with us on our Instagram page or on our Facebook page. We are actually going to step into, for the next couple of weeks, Awful Sequels. Yep. Two franchises. We're gonna step into a movie that you mentioned in a previous podcast that <laughs> you loved next oh, week, which is Jurassic Park Three. Yeah. So, so for everyone who's ready for a tease for next week, uh, please prepare for next week where we review the 2001 Joe Johnston uh, directed Jurassic Park Three. And for those who don't really know where Joe Johnston like is most famous from, now like. He is now most famous for Captain America, the first Avenger. Oh, fuck yeah. I love Joe Johnson so much now. (laughs) We will get back to you guys next week. Yep, catch you guys next week. letter turds.